When the sun rises, I wake up and chase my dreams. I won't regret when the sun sets, cause I live my life like I'm a beast. What up? You're listening to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. Hey, ladies and gents, it's great to be back with you. This is your host for today, Derek Williams. Um, we've recently enjoyed a long run of previously recorded episodes with Justin. They're full of valuable content that, uh, you know, when applied, it's going to help you a long way in your career and practice. So it's, uh, it's, it's good to be back with you here today. We continue to hear really great things from listeners. I, I looked at our reviews on iTunes this morning and I saw this from Clemson Carroll. Clemson said, haven't paid for coaching yet, but I will. Very sound advice. I'm a new owner and a late bloomer. I've practiced for 25 years and these guys have a lot of good guidance to offer. Keep up the great work. Clemson, thanks for the kind words. It's humbling to to hear a dentist that has practiced for 25 years and gets a lot of value um, out of the things that we're sharing. So I really appreciate that. And uh, we look forward to working with you in the future. For anyone that's thinking about working together, you can get more information at thelifestylepractice.com. There's a tab there that says work with us where you can learn more, you can uh, you can purchase the Lifestyle Practice Academy 2.0, or as always, you can reach out to any of us at Derek, Steve, or Justin at thelifestylepractice.com. My name is spelled D-E-R-E-K for those of you. I had somebody that thought that they had been emailing me, but got my name, name wrong, which there are several ways to spell Derek, but mine is the most symmetrical and uh, the best. (laughs) D-E-R-E-K. But anyway, we love hearing from you guys, so don't hesitate to reach out and uh, and learn more. So without further ado, let's get into today's topic. I Man, I feel like it's been so long, I uh, might be kind of rusty. It's kind of strange. I remember when we first started the podcast, and, uh, you know, I, I definitely had to adjust to being confident with my voice conversation and whatnot. As most things, when you when you keep doing the uncomfortable, eventually it becomes comfortable. Quick tangent that reminds me, my my daughter got a skateboard for her birthday a few weeks ago. I have never really ridden any type of board, really. I tried out the skateboard and, you know, it was definitely a struggle. It was awkward, uncomfortable, but you know, I kept at it and I thought, you know what, this is, this is kind of fun. I, and so I decided to get myself a longboard. I've had the longboard for a few weeks now and I absolutely love it. I've been cruising around the, the streets of our neighborhood and it's been, it's been way fun. But anyway, so keep that in mind, push through the uncomfortable to reach the comfortable. And I guess that's a good segue into what I want to talk about today. I've been thinking about this for a while. One thing that I see around me a lot, whether it's with my kids, family members, friends, employees, clients, I've seen this fairly frequently. I see people that want to change, but have a difficult time implementing changes. 
there's a lot that we could go into as far as goal setting, motivation, etc. But today I want to talk about the principle of scaling. I was hesitant to word it this way because I wondered how many dentists would see scaling and just think I was talking about scaling teeth. If that was you, get your mind out of the dentistry gutter for 20 minutes and just think about it in life terms. What I'm talking about here is the principle of scaling, of taking something big and scaling it down into smaller steps. A lot of times when we hear scaling, we think scaling it bigger. You know, we have, we have, uh, you know, we have a business and we have one thing. How can we scale this and make it bigger? Um, what I want to talk about is how to take big ideas and big things and to scale them down into uh, smaller steps. Here's a quote that I'll reference later. If you get 1% better each day for one year, you'll end up 37 times better by the time you're done at the end of the year. And, and that leads us to the, the title for today, Exponential Growth by Scaling. I didn't realize this, but I have really been applying this in certain situations of life without really thinking about it. I, I didn't realize that it was an actual thing until I became more involved in fitness. So here's a quick example. When I first started going to the gym, I couldn't do a pull-up. So I had to scale it back. I had to scale down. And there's different ways to do that, but I'll try to keep it simple. In my situation, I did two things. One was to have a, a stirrup on a, rope, on a rope that I could put my foot in. Then I would get on the bar. I would try and use only my arms to pull myself up. And when I felt like I couldn't get there with just my arms, I would use my leg as a support. When I did it that way, I could get, you know, 10 reps or so. Over time, by continuing to try and, and use my arms and only support with my legs, I needed less and less leg support and could do more with my arms. Another different way of scaling down uh, something that I did, which are it's what's called negatives. So a negative pull-up is where you get on a stool or something so that you can easily jump and, and grab the bar where the top of the pull-up would be. So you've got your chin above the bar. Then you slowly, slowly lower yourself down. Then once you hit the bottom, jump up again and keep doing that over and over again. So again, the big thing that was not achievable for me in the beginning was doing a full pull-up, but by scaling down and back, um, I could break it into smaller, easier things that I could achieve. And within a month or two, I was able to do a, a pull-up on my own. And now I can, I can probably do somewhere between 10 and 15 pull-ups. And then, you know, at different points, you know, you add, add weight to it. And, uh, so, you know, you can continue to, to scale and instead of scaling down, now you're scaling bigger. So scaling, I can't do the actual thing. So I try and break it down into easier steps and work my way to getting to the real thing. Scaling works in almost any aspect of life when you're trying to learn something or grow in some way. When I see my two-year-old son struggling to put on socks and shoes, I look at it and I evaluate it and see that it's not really just one thing. I really could, could break this down into 10 small steps. 
So, you know, the first, the first thing that I want to help him do. So maybe day one, I just try and help him to get down step one, which would be holding his sock apart with his thumbs. And then I'll help him the rest of the way. Second day, or, you know, when he can do that, have him do the first two steps. So holding the sock with his thumbs and just sliding it over his toes and, uh, and so on. Keep growing on that and you get to the point where he's doing the whole thing. This is something great to use with kids because they are learning so much every single day. Sometimes it's crazy to think about the amount of information that they are taking in and processing every day. And it's almost all stuff that we take for granted that we can do without even thinking about it. So if you have kids, I would challenge you to think about some of these things and how you could break it down for them. You know, if you can, if you can get to the point where you can look at something that they're trying to do and, and scale it back, break it into individual steps, you'll become better at applying this, this principle in, in your own challenges. Think about doing a root canal. Uh, doing a root canal is, is one thing, but it can very quickly be broken down into 10 plus steps. First step is probably diagnosis. Second would be uh, maybe anesthesia and then, and then access and so on. When you, know, when you learn in, in, in dental school how to do a root canal, you spend a lot of time on every single little step. You know? So at least for me, when, when we started, we've just practiced access preps and did those quite a few times before ever going into the canals. So anyway, use that process for other things that, that you want to learn. So now let's back up and let's, let's look at big picture situations, bigger goals. We've talked about this several times on the podcast, but here's, here's an example, a yearly goal in your practice as far as production. Many dentists may have a number in their head that they'd like to reach, but that's as far as they go. How do they know if they're on track four months in or, you know, two and a half weeks in or even after one day? The answer comes from scaling. If you know what that big number is for the year and you know how many days you'll work, you can figure out how much you need to do each day and even each hour. Then you can always know where you stand in the process, if you're on track or if you need to pivot. It's not too crazy of an idea, but it just takes more planning and really being intentional about reaching your goals rather than just setting something and hoping at the end of the year that you get where you want to be. The same happens on an even larger scale with setting 10 or 15 year goals. Do you know what you want your life to be like at that point? If so, what needs to change in between then and now? How can we break it down into individual years in order to make sure that we're on track to reach that? So you see, it's, it's very different in that it's very intentional. And this is a huge part of what we do with our clients. And it's one reason I believe that we reach such high levels of success in our own practices and lives and with our clients is being able to break things down into scalable goals and action items. So now let's transition more to some day-to-day -day examples and see how we can apply this process there. I mentioned endo already, 
So you can apply that really in almost any clinical scenario. If you want to get better at something clinically, it may not be the best approach to focus on the entire process. Instead, dive into just the first step and get really good at that first step, then move on to the next step. This is a much more effective way to become exceptional at something by just focusing on one step and becoming very good at each one before moving on to the next. And it's it's not as overwhelming either. So the hands-on things are easier to apply the principles of scaling. Think about this when you're training your staff as well. Pick apart the systems and processes in your practice rather than, than you know, one system or, or concept. Try to pick it apart and break it down and give detailed information and instructions for each step. So the same way that I talked about helping my son learn to put on his socks and shoes. Look at a system that's in your practice and can you identify the individual steps and really break down that system? If not, it probably needs to be put in. Probably need to take the time to break it down and to list out the steps so that everyone's on the same page. So, like I said, the hands-on things are easier to apply this principle of scaling. But what about more abstract goals? Goals like improving your leadership skills or getting better at you know keeping your cool during times of stress. These may be more difficult to break down into small steps, but it definitely can still be done. So let's talk through these a bit. With leadership, so let's, let's use that as an example. With leadership, there's a hundred different ways that you could become a better leader. So again, we have to break it down into smaller steps. So for simplicity's sake, pick a book and focus on one of the points of the book. So I'll just use an example. One of my favorite books on leadership that's very short is uh, is One Minute Manager by Kenneth Blanchard. And it's very quick and concise. I like the stuff that's in it. But uh, one that is an overarching theme in that book is providing feedback to employees. Employees want to know where they stand. They want approval from their boss. So a great way to improve your leadership is to start to provide this for your employees. This means positive and negative feedback. If we're scaling, we want to start with the easiest thing possible. So think to yourself, what's easier for you to give, positive or negative feedback? Probably most of us would say positive feedback would be easier to give, but there may be a few that are quick to correct others and that actually may say it's easier for them to give negative feedback than positive. But either way, you're wanting to pick the easiest thing for you. If we want to change and improve, try to pick the smallest and easiest step that you could make toward the right direction. So for me, giving positive feedback is easier. So my first step would be to give some type of positive feedback to each employee once per day at any point during the day. So that's my first goal. If I forget to do it during during work, I'll, you know, I'll text them later or do something like that. So once I get good at that, then I want to move on to the next step. Feedback is more powerful when it's given in the moment. So 
if my assistant does something really well and you kind of compare those two different times as an example, I could give feedback. Let's say she does a really good job making a temporary crown. I can give feedback immediately right there when I see it and in front of the patient. I can say, wow, great job. This looks really, really great. I'm impressed. Or I could, at the end of the day, I could give feedback and say, hey, you did a good job on that that temporary crown today. Feedback is more powerful when it's given in the moment. So it's going to be more powerful and meaningful to the assistant if I can get it, give it right when they accomplish that thing. And especially if it's in front of the patient, that's, and it's going to mean a lot to the patient. We're, we're all going to be sharing warm fuzzies, feeling good about ourselves and, and our situation. So the next step after reaching my first goal of just giving feedback every day, the next step might be for me to give some type of positive feedback in the moment to each employee when I see them doing something great. After I get to that point, the next step would be for me to give some critical feedback. Maybe it takes me some time to, to work up to thinking how to say it and how to approach it so it's not in the moment. It might be at the end of the day. It might be a week after. But get good at talking about those things and giving some critical feedback. Then when I get more comfortable with that, I'm going to practice giving critical feedback more quickly. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to be critical of them in front of patients. I don't think that that's a great idea, but it does mean giving them feedback as quick as possible. So maybe after the patient leaves, you say, hey, can we talk about that for a second? Let's see if we could could improve the way that that goes next time in that type of scenario. But the ultimate goal is where I can give feedback quickly, whether positive or negative, in order to provide the support that my team needs to help them always move in the right direction. So as you can see, the more specific you can get, the more you can break things down, the better you'll get at scaling. Improving your leadership is, is very general, is very vague, and it can be tough to quantify if you're improving. But if I can break it down into one skill providing feedback, and then I can create four steps along reaching that, I'm much more likely to see improvement and growth than I am to just at the end of a few weeks say, am I a better leader than I was a few weeks ago? So work on that. Get more specific, break things down, and you'll get better at scaling. And the more you do that, the better that you're going to be at applying it in a lot of different situations. So as I shared earlier, this comes from the book Atomic Habits. James Clear shares, if you get 1% better each day for one year, you'll end up 37 times better by the time you're done. This is what we're talking about here. And by the way, Atomic Habits is a great book to read on the topic if this interests you. But Ultimately, what this is about is taking these big picture ideas, taking this, this big improvement, this vision of seeing where we want to get to, and instead of just keeping it vague and not making a whole lot of progress on it, figuring out how we can scale it back. How can we find the very small 
achievable steps that we can make every day that are going to help us to make a lot of progress towards our goal. Because ultimately, that is what is going to reach exponential growth, which is really cool to me. The whole idea, 1% better each day, and you'll end up 37 times better at the end of the year. That's, that's incredible. So I hope this has been helpful for you today. So after this episode ends, take a few minutes to think about some goal or desire that you have, something that you've been thinking about that you want to work on and think about how you can use the principle of scaling to reach exponential growth. And feel free to share it with me. Share it on our Facebook page, the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. And it'd be really cool to hear any ideas that you guys have. So look forward to hearing from you and connecting. As I shared at the beginning, feel free to reach out to any of us, Derek, Justin, or Steve at thelifestylepractice.com. So everybody have a great week. Keep kicking butt and we will talk to you next time. Jump without a net, never break a sweat Cause I live my life like it's all